Lord God, I just, I just come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, your son, died on the cross for us, and made it possible for us to come into your presence. And Lord God, I just ask that your name would be worshiped today, that you would be glorified, that you would be lifted up, that you would uh, move in the hearts of your people today, that you would conform us more and more to the image of Jesus Christ. so good to us and taking such good care of us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If y'all want to stand up, we're going to go ahead and get started.
Your name is power. 
God, I just thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. I pray, Lord, that we would see you, that we would lay aside the things of the world that so easily uh, distract our minds, 
and uh, pull us to the side. And I just pray, Lord, that our focus would be singular on you. I thank you, Lord, for guiding us this week. And, Lord, I just uh, pray that you, you would change our hearts this morning, and that you would do, do what you want to do in Jesus' name. Have your way here. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Four. All right. Well, he can sing really loud. He pronounces every word so clearly. All right. Oh, we got one more. That's five. Well, we almost doubled our numbers. If you want to sit up here, we'd have six. <laughs> All right. Do you guys want to attempt to sing? Yes. Do you want to hear him sing? Do you want to hear him sing? Do you want them to sing? You want them to sing? Okay. All right. So I guess you have to. All right. Why don't you guys stand up? And what do you want to make them do? You got a song you want to make them sing? Higher, higher. But we don't have Jason with a guitar. You're going to have to think of something. I've had like two Sundays now without a guitar, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to figure out something we can sing that wouldn't be that uh, with a guitar. What? Uh, I'm leaning on the Lord's side. you going to tell them to stand up? Stand up. <laughs> Please. All right. Whose side are you leaning on? You're leaning on the Lord's side? Which way is the Lord's side, right or left? Right? Okay. Tell me whose side are you leaning on? Tell me whose side are you leaning on? I'm leaning on the Lord's side. I lean, I lean, I lean, I lean, I'm leaning on the Lord's side. I lean, I lean, I lean, I lean, I'm leaning on the Lord's side. Tell me whose side are you singing on? Tell me whose side are you singing on? I sing, I sing, I sing, I sing, I'm singing on the Lord's side. I sing, I sing, I sing, I sing, I'm singing on the Lord's side. Tell me whose side are you praying on? Tell me whose side are you praying on? I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, I'm praying on the Lord's side. I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, I'm praying on the Lord's side. You want to do jumping? You think Papa can jump? Okay, tell me whose side are you jumping on? Tell me whose side are you jumping on? I'm 
I jump, I jump, I jump, I jump, I'm jumping on the Lord's side. I jump, I jump, I jump, I jump, I'm jumping on the Lord's side. Okay. Drew, is there a song that you sing with a guitar that is with your children all the time? Like a kid's song. When you ask that point blank, you can think about it for a little bit. We'll sing another one. <laughs> I would love it if you could teach us a new one that we don't usually sing. All right, what do you got? Which one? This little light of mine. Steve wants to sing this little light of mine. You think he can do it? Okay. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Light it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Won't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Think of one? Which one? Okay, well if you can grab your guitar, you don't you probably don't have to have it plugged in. the Lord. Praise ye 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 the Lord. Thanks. I have not done that in years. All right, guys, you can sit here, and Judd is going to have the children's lesson. Judd ran. Oh, Judd's back. Does this look familiar from last week, just barely? <laughs> okay. Let's see if I can do this. So. Why not? 
if you want to, do you want to come do it? Okay, I thought so. So, look, we're going to do a little bit of a different idea. So, you know, like, have your siblings ever been mean to you before? Like, they'll say a mean word, like, hey, that's my toy, give it to me. Like, do that kind of thing. So, you know, like, that can hurt a lot. Like, the Bible, I think it's in Proverbs 25, I think, where it says it can hurt a lot. So, if you take it, and unlike Kyle on his last one, you push it in there, and it doesn't leak, but... You can say sorry, but when you pull it out, it still hurt. You see that? And now it's spewing. Yeah, exactly. And it's just going to keep doing that. And you do another one, like you say another mean word. If I can get to pop. Look. Oh, there's just dripping now. You see that? Maybe it wasn't quite as mean of a word. But you still said sorry, but you see it still hurt it. Now you can't fix it like that. You can, you can say sorry all you want, but it's... It still did that little bit of damage. But here's the crazy thing. With Jesus, you know, he can fix that. He plugs that up, and that one right there, it quit leaking. You see that? And it's not hurting anymore as much. So maybe let's keep it in mind, like, hey, when you're playing with your siblings and stuff, and they'll be like, hey, you know what? You can play with that toy. That one's my favorite one, but, you know, you can play with that one. Or just little things to the day like that. And you can actually use your words to praise God and not hurt other people. So I think that's about all I got. So if you want to go sit down, you can. Good morning to each of you. Uh, good to have everyone here. Good to be back with you guys. Uh, had a, quite a bit of windshield time last week, probably 2,000 plus miles I assume, but um, it's good good to be here and for safety and um, yeah, thank you Drew for you and your wife for sharing this morning in that way. It's a very uh, encouraging, inspirational <clears throat> For announcements, um, as always, we got a fellowship meal, followed the service, so feel free to stay around for that. Um, the, Saturday, the Saturday morning prayer times are at 7 a.m., so feel free and welcome to come for that. It looks like Friday evening, April the 15th, youth get-together. I guess it's just shown. Contact Carrie in, or Sarah for details. Um, next Sunday, we've had a little chat on the, uh, the ministry team about a Easter, uh, service, like an early service and maybe also doing a breakfast. So we were kind of wondering is eight o'clock something that would work for you guys or not? I'm afraid if it do, my concern, if it do it before eight, it might have a half show. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Nine? Um, anybody else? <clears throat> anyway, um, maybe for a time being, maybe we'll just plan for 8 o'clock, and I think uh, maybe Phil or someone can put it on the Viber this week to confirm uh, a time. 
And then um, we were kind of had in mind maybe from 8 to 10 to do a service. And then the men would uh, do like a brunch. And um, I would just volunteer to maybe be in charge of that or to lead out. And so uh, <clears throat> maybe after the service, um, maybe as guys can kind of get together and chit-chat about some of the details. Um, we were kind of had in mind, being the baking is kind of out of our not so well to do, I guess. Maybe if you ladies could bring like, I don't know, whatever you want. The sweets, he's saying it. Bring the sweets. Cinnamon rolls, cookies, whatever. Uh, and I guess as men would provide the rest of it. Um, I promise you, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be all right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyway. Um, also looks like we have an upcoming event. Bible uh, get-together church for Wednesday, April the 20th at 6.30 p.m. So feel free to come, invite friends, uh, love to have you here. So um, anybody else have any comments or any announcements or anything? If not, why don't we all stand and let's sing a chorus, uh, Come Bless the Lord, All You Servants of the Lord. And then we'll have a prayer and then have Brother Phil uh, share us in the word. Come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. We stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hand in the holy place and bless the servants of the Lord, we stand by night in the house of the Lord, lift up your hand in the holy place and bless the Lord, and bless the Heavenly Father, we just come before you now with holy hands. Father, we just thank you and praise you that you're an awesome God. You're a faithful God. You've always been faithful to the beginning of time until even now. Lord, I just want to, excuse me, I just want to lift up my brother Phil. I just pray you bless him, uh, anoint him with your spirit, give him words to speak, and uh, just fill our hearts. And Lord, just be with us. We want to honor and glorify you and praise you in everything we do. Amen. You may be seated. I told Brother Steve he can just get up a little earlier next Sunday. It's, I mean, hey, it's celebration of Jesus rising from the dead, right? Is that worth getting up for or what? And the sweets will follow. Sweets are a little like the Holy Spirit. He follows the resurrection. It's good. 
And if you're missing that sweet, boy, you're missing a lot. Or like someone who never tasted a Cinnabon, right? And it's sweetness of the soul. I love how David describes the Word of God. Not just the written Word, the spoken Word. When the Holy Spirit takes the written Word and He speaks it into your heart as a living Word, it becomes life to you. David says it's sweeter than honey, sweeter than the honeycomb. Have you tasted that sweetness? That's the Holy Spirit in you and in me. Before we go into the Word and sharing what I feel like the Lord has given me to share this morning, we want to take just a moment to pray. Gloria has requested prayer. And so, Gloria, if you want to come on up, she's going to come up here in the center. And I'm just going to invite anyone who wants to come up and circle her and pray for her. Um, Can I have this? Can I have a mic for Gloria, Ty? A portable mic? Um, I'll let her share with you as a church a bit. Oh, what we're praying for? <clears throat> you don't need a mic? Okay. Well, that way, that way they can hear online too. Otherwise, they can't hear. There are people listening online. They like to hear it. Yeah, I'm just going to be going in for some uh, cancer surgery on Tuesday, and I just wanted to ask everyone to pray for me and that they get it all in one chance so I don't have to go back two or three times. And I also had a hard time this winter with my body. So if you guys would just... Keep me in your prayers. I'd appreciate it. And I thank you very much. Gloria, do you also want to just announce about your desire to pray? The Lord has laid it on my heart lately. Uh, We might have some seniors in the church who don't know how to operate their phones to get online. And I would like to volunteer to have my number put in the bulletin to start a prayer line. Anybody who would like prayer, I would be more than glad to pray with you if you call the number. If you have a need or something that you want to talk to someone, just call. I'm willing to be there for the Lord and also for you. And Mm -hmm. he's there for all of us if we just have time to just bring it to him. And I thank you all. Bye-bye. Amen. Amen. Um, So especially those of you, Dad. Amen. So anyone who wants to come and pray, some of you ladies, come and pray over Gloria and uh, Dad, Dave, where are you? Uh, Carrie, maybe you can come up as well, some of you deacons and elders, and we'll pray over her. And I'm going to, uh, Gloria, if it's okay with you, I'm just going to put a drop of this oil on your head in obedience to the Word of God in James chapter 5, verse 13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray for him or her, anointing her or him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up if, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. 
Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Okay, go ahead and pray, anyone who wants to pray, and then I'll close in prayer with the anointing oil. Father in heaven, we come to you as your children this morning, lifting up our sister before you in obedience to your word. Thank you for her desire to trust in you with all her heart, to come to you in the midst of your people and call upon your name to heal her, Lord. Just like that face of that woman, Lord, who touched the hem of your garment. Oh, Lord Jesus, so I pray, take her face and raise her inner man up and make her strong, Lord. Lord, you told us our bodies are temporal. Flesh and blood cannot, will not inherit eternal life. We do pray that you would heal her physical body, even temporarily, Lord. But, Lord Jesus, more importantly, we pray that you would, that you would honor your word to, your, to our sister, Lord, to your child, as she came in obedience to you, Lord Jesus, that your promise would be real to her, that all her sins will be forgiven, Lord, if there are any sins she has committed, and you will raise her up with the power of your resurrection. Lord, you will raise up her inner man. You know, Lord Jesus, how physical sickness can drag our spirits down, and we can, we can soon start feeling like complaining, and, and it, it diminishes our faith, and it brings doubt, and all of those things the devil uses to, a, to, to come against our faith. Strengthen her faith, we pray, Lord, in her inner man and raise her up with your strength and your courage and the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Even as she goes through this surgery, may the joy of the Lord be her strength. Let her be a light, a shining light to the doctors and the nurses and let every word of her mouth, Lord, be a wholesome word, a word that glorifies Christ Jesus as Lord. As she goes through this time, our dear sister, we anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be healed. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I love when the Lord puts a burden to pray on others. You know, I often think of the church at Philippi. You know how that church started? Paul and Barnabas came to the city in Philippi. And they didn't know where to go. They had been chased out of the synagogues, the meeting places of the Jews in Thessalonica and other places. They were persecuted. And maybe they were feeling a bit timid to go into another synagogue and they were like, I don't know if I want to get stoned again or whipped or put in prison. I don't know. But you know where they went? They went down to the river. And guess who they found there? Someone know? Nope. Not John the Baptist. The women? The women. A few women were getting together down by the riverside for prayer. And there the Lord started the church at Philippi. So if you read the book of Philippians, remember, that's where that church started. 
with the prayer of a few women. Don't let the devil discount your prayers, sisters, and the power of the Holy Spirit in those prayers. It can start a church in a wicked town. By the way, Judd, thank you for sharing the way you did. I just want to encourage you young people as you come up and share with the children and all of us and anyone who, who is asked to share. I thought of Paul's words. I would rather speak five words in the church. Five words that have power and meaning and edify, build someone up, strengthen their faith in God. I would rather speak five words than 10,000 words that are just a bunch of noise. Don't discount your five words. They will build up strength and faith in children's, all of God's children's hearts. So thank you for your encouragement. Don't ever feel like it was too short. If it's more than five words, you were scriptural. Obeyed the word. There's a word in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that the Lord has been putting on my heart. And just exactly how the Holy Spirit is going to direct this word, I'm not sure. Let him lead me. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, did I say 14? Chapter 15, verse 42. Actually, we'll begin, in, um, we'll begin in verse 40. There are also heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is one, and the glory of the earthly is another. There is one glory of the sun, and the moon is very different. There is another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. No star is the same. All have their unique glory in the heavens. So also is the resurrection of the dead. Have you been resurrected from the dead? Like Romans chapter 8 tells us. Read this word for you. Verse 6 of Romans chapter 8. For the mind set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile. It fights towards God. It fights against God. It's hostile toward God. For it does not subject itself, does not yield itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. It doesn't do it because it's not able to do so. And those who are in the flesh, those who please their flesh, cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, if, if indeed you're not walking after the flesh, you're not subjected to the flesh, only if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not even belong to him. 
And if Christ is in you, though the body is dead, because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. And listen to this word, verse 11. But if the spirit of him, Jesus, who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who indwells you. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body. It is raised an imperishable body. Think about how Jesus' body looked as he hung on the cross, beaten, scarred beyond recognition, Isaiah says. Isaiah 53 says he was so scarred that if you would have seen Jesus the day before he was crucified and you seen his body hanging on the cross, he didn't even look like Jesus anymore. You would not recognize him. And that body they laid in a grave. Ripped open his body, his flesh. So his bones, he says in Psalm 22, stare at me. That body was laid in the grave. But it wasn't resurrected like that. A new body had been given to Jesus. When he resurrected, he still had some scars. But his body wasn't the same looking body that hung on the cross. It is sown a perishable body. It is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. Think about the dishonor of which he died. Where were the angels? Where was heaven? Jesus said in the garden, I could call 12 legion of angels, thousands of angels immediately, and they'd be here to deliver me. But he didn't. He died alone. Men mocking him, saying, If you're the Christ, come on down from the cross. He saved others. He can't even save himself. And alas, he was so alone that he cried out to God the first time he called his father God. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But when he was resurrected, who came first to roll away the stone? There were the Roman soldiers with guards and spears and swords. Not a man on earth was going to take that body out of that grave without dying for it. But the power of heaven came down. And an angel took those men and they laid them flat on the ground. He could have killed them, but he didn't. He just made them like dead men. Interestingly, they also rose back up and went back to town to try to save their lives. And they raised up Jesus. The power of heaven came down and bore witness to the resurrection. 
all of heaven and its power came in the resurrection. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So also as it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. Jesus was born with a body just like you and I with a living soul in Mary's womb. Even though he was conceived of the Holy Spirit, he was made a man, flesh and blood, just like us. Hebrews 2 says, he took on flesh and blood and was made like his brethren in everything. So that he could be a good high priest. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. Then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth, earthy. The second man is from heaven. As is the earthy, so also are those who are earthy. As is the heavenly, so also are those who are heavenly. And just as we have borne the image of the earthy, you look pretty earthy to me. Do I look earthy to you? Well, that's because this flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. It won't go to heaven. It's going to go into a grave and turn to dirt. That's how earthy we are. We're just dirt. That's what our bodies are going to go back to. However, just as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. There is an inner man who is not earthy. He is spiritual. If, indeed, Jesus raised your spirit from the dead. Ephesians chapter 2 says, We were dead in sins and in trespasses. It made us dead to God. Like a dead man is dead to this world. We put him under the ground so he doesn't stink anymore because we don't want to do, have anything to do with him. He's not alive in this world. He's no good to anybody, for anybody. So we just bury them. That's how we're dead in sins. We're no good to heaven. We don't have a relationship with heaven. We're of the earth and only earthy. But if Jesus comes and he takes that earthy, that inner man with the resurrection power, just like he raised up Jesus out of his earthy body into a heavenly, and he does that inside of you, you also bear the image of the heavenly from then on. Never the same. We're raised up in this mortal body, Romans 8, not to live after the flesh, but to live by the Spirit. And later in Romans 8, he says, those who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Oh, I love that word. A living spirit. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. That's the difference. Before Jesus raises you up, you're very self-centered. You're not life-giving at all except to yourself. And all we can do is live a self, selfish life, self-pleasing. Give me, give me, give me. Isn't that how we're born? Look at a little baby and give him some toys. And just when they're really enjoying the toy, take it from them. Do they smile at you and say, ah. I mean, maybe they can't even talk, but they're just so happy. Uh-uh. 
I've never seen a baby do that, have you? They're reaching for that toy. Or give them the candy and then take it back out like a sucker out of their mouth. We're born, give me, give me, give me. And a lot of earthly people still live just the same earthly life, only they're big people now. And their toys are a little bigger. But the same spirit. But when Jesus comes and raises us up and makes us alive to God, then we become dead to this world. You see the change? Dead to the world, alive to God. Dead to God, alive to the world. That's the power of the resurrection. And if you're missing it, my dear brother, sister, all you got is the earth. You better enjoy it. That's what Ecclesiastes says. Remember now, in the days of your youth, go live it up because you're going to get old real fast, whether you believe it or not. And the old, the old people said, Amen. There you have it. However, remember now your creator in the days of your youth because those days are coming real quick and the temporal will be gone. The earthy will return to earth and all you have left is the spiritual. And that spiritual will live forever in eternity. Either alive to God or dead to God. Oh, it is this power of the resurrection that changes our whole life. And as I was reading through that and pondering this truth, maybe it's because we're getting close to celebrating where the world at least celebrates the resurrection of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I'll get up at 8 o'clock, no problem to come together and celebrate Jesus any day. It doesn't have to be Easter morning. That's not really when I celebrate the resurrection. I celebrate it every morning. Do you? If you do, if he's alive in you, you do. And you get up realizing the power of God is for you. And every day his mercies are new. And the power of his resurrection can be every morning in your life. Raising you up. Raising up your body out of bed to glorify him. And to serve him that day. In Romans chapter 7. He speaks again of this. Verse 4. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we might bear fruit for God. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law, and that's exactly what every law does to the flesh, give you a speed limit of 25, and how fast do you want to go? 35, right? Or 20, school speed limit. Oh, are you serious? Come on. I can walk that fast, or at least, well, maybe not quite, run that fast, or at least I can bike that fast, can't you? Give him a speed limit of 65, and how fast do you want to go? Give him a speed limit of 75. Are you content with 75? No, you're not. You all drive 80. I know you do. Right? Well, maybe some of you don't. 
While we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. You don't need a spelement if your engine is governed in 65, do you? If your engine is governed out at 65 miles an hour, that's all the faster that engine can run. You don't need a speed limit of 65. You go 65 with the pedal to the metal, as we say. That's the spirit in you. Now you don't need the law anymore. That's exactly what happens when this law of God begins to be written on your heart and the spirit within you seeks to please him and finds the joy of pleasing him. You don't need the law saying do not murder, do not lie, do not steal. There's a spirit in you which hates lying, which hates stealing, which loves truth and hates iniquity. And you find the joy of that eternal life within you. Have you found that, dear child of God? Hmm? Because you know what I found? You can be born of the Spirit and your flesh still be pretty strong within you. And all the Lord has to do is let a Putin in your life. You all know what I'm talking about, right? Someone throws a bomb at you on your land, right? Your life. They have no business talking to you like that, but they do anyway. They say something, they throw a word bomb at you, accusing you of something that you didn't do, or saying to someone, you know, slander, did you know they're a little proud, or have you seen, did you know they, had, they made that mistake in their life? And all? Have you not all experienced that in your life? Who are you going to live after? The flesh or the spirit? That's your deciding moment. You will walk after the flesh unless the spirit of Christ in you at that very moment raises up like the power of the resurrection with the power of heaven and guides your tongue because he's already began in your thoughts. And he gives you thoughts of love. And like 1 Peter 3 says, instead of railing for railing, we contrarywise, we give a blessing when we get railed upon. Boy, isn't that amazing? You can give everyone who rails at you, who speaks against you, or, uh, or rails on you, or curses you, they get a blessing. Wow. Have you ever considered that you could take your body as a living sacrifice to your Father in heaven and say, hey, Lord, whoever needs a blessing today, let him rail on me. Someone needs a blessing. And so God just opens the door and lets all kinds of people curse you that day because they need a blessing. And he knows this child of mine will give him a blessing. Because my spirit dwells within them.
And they will experience the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in their life because they railed against one of my children and they got a blessing. Not only a blessing for a railing, but he says, you also pray for them. Someone needs prayer. You know, isn't it easy if someone comes and says, oh, would you please pray for me, Kent? Would you please pray for me, Soretta? I'm... I'm helpless. I'm struggling. Gloria, would you please pray? But have you considered that many times the Lord brings that prayer request to us in a very different way? Heaven's way instead of the earthy way. And he lets someone call you and just chew you out. Or he lets your landlord be nasty to you. He allows someone who is full of cursing, who is full of bitterness of this life, who is earthy, to come across your way and knock on your door or boom, blow your house up so that you can give them the blessing of heaven, love them, and pray with them. That's Christianity. Isn't that like Jesus? Can you do that on your own? I can't. They that are in the flesh cannot please God like that. If you walk up, wake up like everybody else in this world, earthy, and you live an earthy life, and you walk after your flesh, guess what? Every time someone rails against you or cuts you off or throws a bomb into your life, you'll bomb them right back, right? You'll probably even bomb them back harder. That they learn a lesson. Because that's what they need. I don't know what their problem is, but I'll fix it for them, that's for sure. There was a word that a brother sent to me that I've been pondering on as I considered this truth. I'll read it to you. A too confident sense of justice always leads to injustice. Have you experienced that? A too confident sense of justice always will lead you to injustice. How about the words of the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter 12, verse 14? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never. There's only a few times that the Holy Spirit in the Word of God says never. Because never is a long time. My dad used to say, don't say never. Never is a long time. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Never. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved. But leave room for the wrath of God. Have you noticed this? If you'll take the revenge, God won't. 
All you get is earthy. That's it. God will not back you up. Not even once. But if you want God to bring justice, you must never give justice. Only God can give justice. He is the judge of all flesh. Not you or me. And he's the only one who can look into the heart and see the motives of the heart. And he's the only one who knows the end all the way from the beginning. Isaiah 45. He knows the end from the beginning. None of us do. We know from the beginning to now. We don't even know the end. But God dwells in the end of all man's life. And so he could bring justice to Apostle Paul while he was still Saul, right? Could anyone in the church, even the most godly, Holy Spirit man like Peter, could he bring justice to Apostle Paul while he was still Saul? What do you think? What if it ended well? What if it ended God's way? If any man would have brought justice to Saul while he was killing the church, who could? Jesus. Why? He knew how Apostle Paul was going to die. Didn't he? He knew how he was going to end his life. And he wasn't going to be killing Christians anymore. Even Peter, when he did, was an instrument of bringing justice to Ananias and Sapphira, the couple who lied about their land, as recorded to us in the book of Acts. You remember that story? They lied. There were people in the church who were very generous. And the Holy Spirit was saying to, to Barnabas, sell your land to give all your money to the church and just go serve God's people. And so he did. And this created kind of a stir, you know. This was a spiritual thing to do. And so Ananias and Sapphira were a young couple. I don't know how young, but they decided, hey, we want some honor too in the church. So we'll sell our land, but guess what? We'll keep back part of it. No one will know. And we won't say we, we're giving all the money, but we'll pretend like we are. Right? We'll just, here's the money. And so they come in the door, and Ananias comes first, and he puts the money at Peter's feet and the apostles and says, here's the money. I sold land. I thought I'd give the money to the church. And what did Peter say? Peter didn't say, oh, you die right now. No. Peter sensed he was lying. And so Peter just asked him a question. Ananias, why has it filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? What's going on, Ananias? Was the land not yours when you still had it? And who brought justice? Peter or God? God's justice came immediately and harshly, and he died that very moment. Peter didn't bring the justice. He just asked the question as an instrument. That difference, dear brother, sister, is very important. Even when we sense there is sin in someone else's life, and God is calling us to deal with sin, that sin, whether you're a father and your children are sinning, or whether you're a a, a, a wife or husband and you sense the other one is cheating on you or, or whatever the sin may be, someone is sinning against you. Never, never 
pay back evil for evil. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. Are you an overcomer? Did you know? Jesus has a lot of promises to him who overcomes. In Revelation, to every church he spoke to, Jesus said these words to the overcomer. In verse 11 of chapter 2, He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. You're going to live forever. You might die once earthy, but the second death won't touch you. Verse 17, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna. Jesus will feed you in secret. And I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone which no one knows but he who receives it. Verse 26. And he who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds unto the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. Wow. That's quite a responsibility. Did you ever see yourself as a world ruler? Maybe you're not looking straight at yourself. This is Jesus' promise to everyone who overcomes. You. If you overcome. That's why. Just as Jesus came in his first body. Did not come as king. To rule over nations. But he came to give his life. A ransom for many. But the second time he comes, he comes as king of kings and ruler of the world. So we in our earthly body, our first journey in this world, are never to come as kings. That's not who we are. We come as slaves of God, as servants to each other, as living sacrifices, just like Jesus, to the world. But when we come again, in our new bodies, we come as kings to rule over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces. And as I have received authority from my father, I will give him the morning star. Don't you want to wait for the vengeance of God when he gives you that responsibility to bring justice? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Verse 5, he who overcomes shall thus be clothed with white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life, and I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verse 12, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it anymore. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, 
the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. Verse 21. And he who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You want to be an overcomer, dear brother, sister? Your reward is eternal with Jesus Christ. You're struggling with revenge in your life, with vengeance, with justice, and all the injustice of the world. This is God's way for his children to deal with all the injustice of sin in this world. The earth, earthy, is first. The second is spiritual. And today, Jesus is looking for those men and women who will yield themselves to the spiritual, be raised up by his spirit in their inner man to overcome cursing with blessing, to overcome railing with prayer, to overcome the sin and injustice of this world with their spiritual man, Christ in you, just as he did when he was in his earthly body here on the earth. And to finally give their lives a living sacrifice to heaven, to Jesus Christ, just like he did. So he can raise you up and me up in the spiritual, just like he was with a new body, to share his overcoming life with us for all eternity. Don't miss that. And the second death will have no power over you. But if you live the earthly life, and you choose to live an earthy experience in this life. None of this overcomer stuff will come to you. Because you have been overcome by evil. So which one do you find yourself today? Overcome or overcomer? I want to encourage you this morning. If you find yourself overcome by the injustice, by the sin by the bombs of Putin. I just say that broadly because that rings a bell in your hearts. I'm not here to judge him. The Lord can do with Putin exactly what he can do, what he did with Apostle Paul. You should have the faith for that. Because he's just a man like you and me. And the Lord can convert his soul. If God's people will begin to pray the Lord can convert that man's soul. He can spend eternity with you and me for all eternity. He can become an overcomer, not through bombs, through the Holy Spirit's power within him. But today, you and I, every one of us have this opportunity. Jesus is standing and offering this gift of eternal overcoming life to all of us. And we have no need to be overcome by anything in this world. Whether it's trials or sickness. Or whether it's people. And their rudeness. And their sin against us. Or whether it's the sin in you. Yourself. 
which has enslaved you all this time. Jesus has come to make you an overcomer. And to those who ask him, and then yield in obedience to him, putting their faith in his promise of the word, you'll become an overcomer. He reaches out his hand and he says, I'll help you. I'll raise you up. And he does. And day after day, we become more like him, overcoming, overcoming, overcoming. It's not a moment in a flash and you're perfect. No. But as 1 John 3 says, every person who has this hope in himself purifies himself even as he is pure because I trust him to make me an overcomer. And therefore, every time I fail and he raises me back up and forgives my sin and shows me the way, gives me the opportunity. For instance, has someone cursed you? And inside, you were hot under the collar, so we say. And maybe you even gave him a tense word. Hey, Jesus just gave you an opportunity to be an overcomer. Failure is your opportunity and mine to be an overcomer in front of the people we fail. I'll give you a little instance. This is just a little one. No, it's not. It was a big deal to the Holy Spirit, and he made it a big deal to me. Some weeks ago, I took some lumber back to, um, back to Home Depot, and um, it was extra lumber. They had made a mistake, and they shipped out this load to us, and, and they didn't have time to have drivers to come pick it up, so I manhandled it, and it was, it was a good half a bundle of 2x6s and 2x4s. It was a lot of hard work for an office guy, an old guy like me. And I was there, and, and I, I pulled in over here to the Home Depot in Greeley, and I, I grabbed a cart, and there were guys, a few Home Depot guys walking around. I was like, would you help me? No, we don't help you with that. That's customer's problem. Really? Okay. So I was working up a pretty good sweat, and I got it all on this cart, and I was pushing as hard as I could, and I bring it up here to the desk, you know, and to the returns, and walk up to the guy, and I said, hey, you know, um, I'm here for a, a refund. They told me just to bring it back here. And the guy looks at me and says, Oh, you've got to go over all the way to the other end of the store. You're at the wrong desk. That's got to go over. I took it to the pro desk, which we buy from. And he said, You've got to go over to returns. And I kind of lost it. I looked at him and I said, Sir, do you know who I am? He was like, No. I said, I'm your largest customer in Northern Colorado. Now, where's the store manager? What's his name? Mike Lapp. Oh, maybe he's related to me, I said. Can I talk to him? I don't know where he is. I just looked at him and said, whatever. He said, I can't help you, sir. I don't, you got to go over there. All right, whatever. Pushed and heaved this thing all the way over there to the other store, other desk. She counted it all up. She gives me the credit. I walk out the store. How do you think I was feeling? Yep, ouch. Holy Spirit was going out. This poor young guy behind the desk wasn't his fault, was it now? The Lord said, you go back in there. So I went back in, and I said to him, hey, sir, I'm really sorry. That was wrong and rude of me to speak to you like that. Will you forgive me? He kind of looking at me like, uh, sure. 
I said, no, I'm serious. That wasn't right. Thank you for forgiving me. And he's like, wow, sure. Thank you. I just became an overcomer. And I knew it. And no one could have taken that joy out of my heart. I knew I had overcome the failure of my flesh and its pride and its weakness. That moment, heaven was rejoicing. And I was experiencing the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Failure is our opportunity to be overcomers. Don't ever forget that, dear brother, sister. Because Satan would like to take our failures and crush us with them, right? To bury us in that failure and say, you'll never rise again. You're a failure. But the power of Jesus Christ that raised up the body of Jesus from that dead grave where men thought they'd conquered him, just that same power now that dwells in you and me can raise us out, out of that earthy experience into a spiritual, heavenly, glorious experience. Whether it's little or big, whatever you want to estimate it as, it's all the same to heaven. Earthy is earthy and is sin. Spiritual is heavenly and is the glory of Jesus. Come, my dear friends, brothers and sisters. Let's walk with Jesus and be overcomers. God bless you. Thanks, Brother Phil, for that, uh, for the word of encouragement and all. Uh, just as he was sharing there, one thing I had to think, you know, so many times we don't see uh, our earthy things. And I just had a, or heard something just the past week, you know, so many times, <clears throat> for example, you take a, a ring and the wedding ring or something or a diamond or something. So many times we look at it, well, that ain't worth anything. But God takes us, it purifies us, all the impurities have to be taken out. And what it can be turned into. And so many times with our lives too, you know, is God purifies us. He refines us in what he can do with our lives. And thanks for that. Um, anyway, um, feel free to hang around for lunch. Love to have you. And so maybe at this time, let's all rise to our feet. Those who can and we'll ask for John, you want to close, ask a blessing on the meal. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, so much, Lord, for meeting with us this morning, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the strength that we could receive from you, Lord. And I had to think of the verse in Revelations where John said, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Lord, so we know that, that, the, that, that Satan, Lord, doesn't like what we have. And he's always out there trying to take it away from us. But, Lord, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So we have faith in that. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thanks for our service. Bless the food, Lord. Thanks for our sisters that prepared it. Bless them for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.